Welcome to Rafa. I'm Dr. Lee West. I'm the senior minister at Rafa International. I, I would love to have you just check out the rest of our website, Rafa Ministries World. That's possibly how you found this Bible answer, man. Also, you might well go on YouTube and find Lee West Ministries. There's a number of Lee West Ministries out there, but if you keep, if you keep searching, you can find us. But we're delighted that you've tuned in to this program and searched it out. I believe it's going to be a good one for you. And uh, we have a lot of people who are uh, availing themselves of our Bible Answer Man programs, and we're delighted that you're doing that. We're delighted to be a part of the increase in God in your life. And if you would like to uh, contribute to this ministry financially so that we can continue to increase and to uh, produce these types of programs and also the other books and articles through our staff and the other ministers. Uh, we will be uh, just thankful to have you do that for us. You can just go on our website, Rafa Ministries World, and you will find a place where you can do donate to this. And certainly we covet your prayers. God, God has the finances. We're not worried about that one bit. But if you'd like to have a blessing, an extra collateral blessing, then alms would certainly be part of that. Of course, you're First, giving needs to be to your home church, but that doesn't mean you have to give all of your giving there. And if if you're not sure about how to do that, I have a, a CD on uh, giving to God. It'll it'll relieve some of you of bondage. So maybe you can seek, like to seek that one out on the website, uh, giving to God. And uh, I think that will bless you also. But we would we just pray for you to consider giving to us, and so that we can continue increasing the ministry, or actually allow, allowing God to do that. So uh, that having been said, again delighted to have you with us. I think you're going to find this particular ministry today. Uh, very, very uh, informative. It's going to open up a lot of vestiges and unders additional understanding. And I'm going to title this, uh, God Desires to Reveal His Will for Your Life. So many people say, why am I here? What, what, what's my purpose? And some people even say, well, now, I'm after I'm saved, what, what now? I've, I've gotten saved. My eternity is secure. And so what does God have for me now? Well, hopefully we'll answer some of those questions for you today as we look more deeply into this subject of God desiring to reveal his will for you. That's a personal invitation for you to seek his will. In the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples here are seeking God, uh, the, actually through the Lord Jesus Christ, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this is going to be kind of the foothills to getting into the will of God. Uh, so, to praying means, it means to, in that particular Hebrew, uh, Greek rendering, it means to praise God, to exalt the Lord, to ask for his blessings, to have him minister you personally. So they, they want to know, Lord, how do we pray? And you say, well, this is a simplistic request. Not really. It is not really. I, I know personally of an individual who was deeply involved in a church he was in leadership. He was a deacon in the church, and yet he had to ask God to teach him how to pray. And so most of the Christian body really do not know how to reach God through prayer. There's so much latitude that God wants to give you through prayer. But if we don't know how to do it, then it's just like being locked inside of a bank, but you can't get into the vault. You're safe inside, but but you have no way to get to, to where all the treasures are. And that's the way it is with prayer. So we want God to teach us how to pray and through the prayer to find will for our life. And he wants to reveal that to your life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 starts to give us some insight. It says, he that cometh to God. Well, that can take a form of being salvation, but also it can mean mainly, I believe, the area of discipleship. He that cometh to God, that means in, in seeking God repetitively for needs and desires and, and, and methodology, how, how to function. It says he must believe that he is. Well, you can't get saved unless you believe by faith. There's nothing in works that can get a person to God. As a matter of fact, God will take a person so far by reality and, and, uh, and types of understanding empirical evidence, but there comes a time when that individual has to take that final step by faith. 
And that's why so many people have a problem. I know I have a, I used to have a dear friend minister and we're not friendly anymore. And he got involved in the Lordship Salvation uh, doctrine. And I, I gave him more credit than that. But he got involved in that. And that as says that you make him God and then he saves you. Well, that's a lie. You can't do anything to get to God unless he opens a pathway for you. So you can't do anything or add anything to your salvation process except to say, God, save me in the name of Jesus. I'm a lost sinner needing, needing a savior. So he that believe uh, cometh to God must believe that he is. That's the that's first crack in the door. And then it goes on to say, and that means also that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Rewarder simply means repay. Give wage to those that they'll he a person allows to work for him. So we have to believe that God's not a God that wants to stop us from enjoying things or giving us things. He's not one that wants to take everything from us as do all of the other things that are called God that's up to the other religions that are non-Christian. So God is a giver. He's a rewarder. When that becomes rhema to your soul, you're, you're going to move to a new plateau in God. And so those who will diligently seek him, diligently. Now, this is where you have to labor. God's not going to open your head and pour in revelation knowledge. He opens the door with a passage of scripture or a word or a testimony or an inference. And then as you start to meditate on that and you start to research that and investigate that, then there comes a desire and it comes a craving out of the desire and out of the craving and desire. Then there comes a demand. I've got, I've got to have this. I've got to have it. That's part of what the Sermon on the Mount was about. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness. That's a person who is just going to hold on and seek God until he gets or she gets an answer from God. And God wants to tell you about his life. I've used this analogy so many times. If God did not have a plan for your life, the moment you got saved, he would take you to heaven and spare you so much anguish and pain and suffering. But since you're still here and you've been saved, that's an indicator that God has a plan for you. And there's things that he wishes to show you about how he wants to utilize you in your life. You and I may never be in the world prominence. Most Christians will not. We may never stand with a microphone or an amplifying system and, and preach and teach great truths to people, but you and I do move through the marketplace. And that's what God wants us to do, is to share at what we know and ever increasing in him. And that is a wonderful thought, a wonderful thought that God forever will be teaching his children new truths and their reason for being even into eternity. Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 through 8 says this, When you pray, use not vain repetitions. Vain there in, in the uh, Greek just means self-centered things. Vanity, fixed on self. God's not going to honor anything that is a selfish request. And we see so many of these self-serving people on television. If you'll send me this, God will have to give you that. If, if you'll do this for me, then, then I'll seek God for you and he'll do, he'll do this for you. That's a lie. That's a lie. They're, they're raping the sheep of God who are in ignorance. And I don't want you to be in ignorance. I want God to bless your life. So when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. And it goes on to say, you're not telling something God didn't already know anyway. The rest of that passage says, Your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. You realize that? Nothing slips up on God. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. God doesn't have to wait for man to function so that he can react, so that he can get something done in the world. God already knows what's going to happen for the rest of eternity before he ever created anything. 
He already knew what would transpire. He knew about that things would start off good, but they would quickly turn bad. That Satan created beautiful and full of, oh, well, I started to say full of wisdom, but he wasn't because he failed. But God knew that he, he was a beautiful thing and he had a lot of wisdom that transcended the, a lot of creation at that time. But he still strayed from truth and he paid a great price from that. So uh, God knows what you need. He knew it then. In fact, he, he even, the, the Bible says that God had already crucified Christ in his mind before he ever created anything. He knew what you, when you would come to the Lord. He knows those who are going to be lost. Although every man has an opportunity to be saved. That's, that's a mystery how God can die for the world and yet know who's going to be saved and yet who know who's going to be lost. But as some teach, then he, then he, that's a, a two-way salvation. You know, he, he saves you and then he only died for those that, 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 that he saves. Well, that's a lie. The Bible clearly says that he died for the world, although some will not avail themselves of the salvation and the Savior of God, which is Jesus the Christ, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us. So he knows what you're going to ask for, and he knows how he wants to address that. So we'll look into some of that as we move on. In John 16, verse 23, it said, Whosoever, well, whosoever means whosoever. And he goes on there to say, whatsoever. So that means whatsoever. Ye ask the Father in my name. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He will give it you. Now, notice he did not say shall. He said he will give it you. That means he will consider it. He will evaluate it. He will work it into his plan. He will divine how is the best way to give that to you if he wants to give it to you at all. He, he may give it to you in a form you didn't request. I have, I have a couple of CDs on that that may bless you. The will there, uh, it's not shall, as I said. It just means an opinion. He, he determines things. He chooses and he prefers. That's the, that's the uh, Greek rendering of that will. And he, he, feel, he takes his opinion about it. He determines how he wants to address it. He, and then he chooses the choice he wants to make. And then he, the ones that he prefers also. Now, in, in getting will for our life, we need to know that there's our prerequisites in our prayer life. In the Old Testament, mainly finding the prerequisites to finding God's will were physical things. You had to uh, slay the lamb, take it to the priest, offer the blood. The priest had to offer it, and then things began to happen. And you could have your sins covered, not, not, not done away with, but covered in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, these things become spiritual. They, they, we, don't, we don't kill bulls and goats anymore or turtle doves. Now, our, our, our sacrifices now are spiritual sacrifices to God. In the future, they're going to be physical and spiritual. When we get on into uh, the, the millennial reign, we're going to go back in, not, not us, but uh, Hebrew people will go back into offering prayers and, and satisfying God in, in being pacified with God through physical and spiritual renderings. Psalm 100 is a wonderful psalm. Verse 4, Psalm 100, verse 4, gives us an insight how we need to get into the presence of God if we're going to make a request to God or just to come into his presence for anything. And you say, well, Psalms, that's Old Testament. I know it. I understand that. But you will find that the truth is carried over into the New Covenant also. And in Psalm 100, verse 4, it gives us a a dialogue and a formula for how to do that. It says, enter into his gates. Well, if you studied Hebrew history, it was at the gates where decisions were made, where legal contracts were made, where you had the permission to enter into the city, where you had the permission to enter into uh, the, the presence of God's people or to what was going on within the within the tabernacle or the tribal area or even into the temple later on. And it's certainly true in the new covenants also. It's where decisions are made. And it says you enter in there with thanksgiving. How many Christians don't even say thank you, God, and ask bless my, this food to my body as they sit down to partake of food? 
They just sit down and they start gobbling the food. That's a Southern term. And uh, never give a thought to thanking God for it. Let me tell you something, friend. This what I'm going to say right now may be worth the price of admission, as the old saying says. I would never in my family, we never partake of anything at the dinner table or in our daily walk, even in snacks and so forth. And certainly when we're out in public in restaurants, we never partake of anything that we don't ask God to bless that and thank him for it. Because if you're eating food today, it's contaminated. I don't care how much you try to preserve it. I don't care how much you try to keep it healthy and functional and, and, and decontaminated. It can be contaminated. And especially when you get out into eating restaurants, yeah, it, Fact is, I don't like to eat in restaurants where I I don't I can't watch them prepare my food. Now, obviously, there are times when you have to do that. So when I'm in those in restaurants or any place else, I say prayers to God with if I'm by myself with my wife and my family with, with church members, families, uh, or if, you know, just I do that to to bless the food. I want that food food to be purified by the Word of God. And then, secondly, you never know who's watching you. It's rare when you see people pray over their food in an open assembly, in, in, in a restaurant. It's rare. And I like to go up to people when I watch them pray as a family, and I like to walk by and say, thank you. It's so encouraging to see you give God praise and thank you for his, uh, for his blessings. It's a, it's a good testimony that you've done here today. So it says, enter the gates with thanksgiving, and that means, and means in conjunction too, into his courts. That means his presence is, is the meaning of that word in the in the Hebrew with praise. Enter into his courts with praise. That means when you start to come into where God is. Now, obviously, in the in the new covenant, that's a spiritual entrance there because we're seated with him in heavenly places. But the in, embedded truth is still there. It says, enter into his courts. That's where we're getting into the presence of God where we can see him in our spiritual person. It says, with praise. And then it puts a colon there. That means give more, it's going to give more definition to, uh, to what means come into his courts with praise and enter into his gates. And it says, be thankful to him. When you start getting into the presence of God, you and I will inherently want to be thankful for God. The, the more you mature in the Lord and the more maturation happens in your life, it's just going to happen if you stay close to God that you will be a thankful person. God, God, you're not assured of one more second in this life. You're not assured of one more breath. God could take you, and if there's any unsaved people in this listening to this tape, you, you you don't have a promise of eternity unless you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I have to qualify that. You're going to spend eternity, but friend, there's only two places to spend eternity. That's in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ or in hell with the rest of the unsaved forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever without end. So be thankful unto him. This is part of what the colon explains. And bless his name. Bless that part of the nature that you are petitioning. A lot of people have just blanket prayers where they just toss it out to God and, you know, give me this, give me that. Thank you, Lord. I'll talk to you later sometime. That's not the way this thing's going to work. You're not going to get your prayers answered. Also, if you if you're harboring things in your heart, God's not going to answer that prayer. So you need to be uh, mindful of that. So you have to reveal the part of the nature to God that you're that you're uh, approaching, what you want him to do. You know, God is multifaceted like a beautiful diamond. You look at him from one point, and he he gives a, a view. You move around and look at him again as a as a heavenly light shines through him, and you're going to see another presentation. It's like looking at the diamond as you turn it in the sun. It's going to give off different uh, perspective. So. Bless his name. So if, if you want, if you need healing, then start dealing and being thankful and praising Jehovah Jireh, the God who's your provider. And you don't have to be in need to pray that. You can pray that if your bank account is full. That can be prayed by a person who is 
who has nothing in the bank, zero in the bank and no future and just making ends meet paycheck to paycheck, or it can be a person who's sitting in a penthouse someplace or on a great estate someplace with billions of dollars. And if they're a Christian, they, they need to be thankful to God also that he's their provider. They didn't, they didn't get that by themselves. There's no person who's rich that made themselves rich. They worked, but God bless them. A lot of times God raises up entrepreneurs so that he can bless people through them. He giveth and he can take it away. If you're not a thankful person, you may find the well drying up. You may find the food lacking in the cupboard when you go there, spiritually and naturally. So if you want, if you need provisions, you want to approach Jehovah Jireh. If you need uh, peace, then you're approaching Jehovah Shalom. In this day and time, you won't find many people who have any peace. You won't find any, and I, I'm emphasizing you will not find one unsaved person who knows any peace. They have, may have pseudo peace, but they'll not know any peace. But also, sadly, most Christians don't have peace. They're, they're ruled by their feelings and by their uh, impressions and by what their bank account says and what their uh, social status is. But they don't have any peace. They're worrying about their retirement what they're going to do after retirement? Will they will they stay healthy after in in their years? Will they be healthy five minutes from now? So if you need peace in your soul, then approach the Jehovah Shalom. If you need healing, and of course, then approach Jehovah Rapha, which is our ministry. That's why we chose Rapha because God is a healer of body, soul, spirit, and associations and any need. That's what he's about. That's why we chose that. We want to see God and be instrumental in God blessing people and healing them. Healing is an all-inclusive term. It means anything you need, whether it's body, soul, or spirit, if it's sick, if it's ill, then it needs healing. You may not have one pain, but you may be in trauma. Maybe you're facing today as you listen to this. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you have a social problem that's that's insurmountable. I know I just heard of someone who took their life. They had money in the bank. They had prestige. They had a, a great following. And you would think that they had uh, all the peace and all the comfort. They lived in a penthouse, but they found them dead. They had taken their own life. And that even while let, let, this is a sobering thought, it comes to me that while you're listening to this tape, there are people who have taken their life because they had no peace. Many people take their life because they think that's a way out of the pain. Oh, friend, killing oneself, suicide, that only exacerbates the problem. It's, it's not even a temporary fix to it because they're dead one second in this life and, the, and they're bound in the change of that problem for eternity so it, let, let me just stop here. If there's somebody who's contemplating that, I just feel a stirring in my spirit to pray for you. If you're contemplating suicide or if things are mounting up upon you that you don't have an answer for, stretch out your hand now in the vertical to God as I pray. Father, in Jesus' name, this one who's lifting up their hands to you, minister to their soul, give them peace in their soul, and let them know, give them a revelation and a witness that you're dealing with a problem and you're going to be edifying them and building them up so that they can go on in Jesus' name. And if you say, if that was you or many of you, if you will just say, I receive that in Jesus' name, you're going to find the peace of God and the healing of God flood you. I just felt that we don't, and I don't say that lightly. God will answer that prayer in, in whatever way. If you're petitioning God for direction, you don't know how to go, then you want to appeal to Jehovah Nisi. That's where God is our banner. He's the one we're going to keep our eyes fixed on. He's our leader, our position, the way that we're going to go, our direction. So many people now don't know where they're going. They So therefore, they don't know where they've been. They're looking for a leader. They're looking for a, a methodology. They're looking for a direction or a purpose. Then appeal to God, Jehovah Nisi. 
He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to be happening. He knows what you need. He knows the next word he needs to give you. He knows how to encourage you and strengthen you to take that next step. That's all you're required to do is to take that next step. God, that's the faith step. And then stand back and see the salvation of God is what uh, God told Israel. And he's telling many of you today, be watchful. Just give it over to God. And then when you you'll feel that word or that emphasis, the next emphasis and the emphasis in the next spirit also, the next step to go. He'll give you the next step to do it. And then you can move out on that. And you'll find the peace of God and the answer to your prayers in short order. He'll give you peace while you wait for the answer to come. Finding God's will, John seven seventeen says, If any man will do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it be of God. That's simple. But there's a contingency. Did you notice that? Did you catch it in John seven seventeen? It's saith if any man. Now, of course, man there's a generic term, meaning any woman, person, young person, male or female. If any man will do his will. That means, will you purpose to do it? Will you listen to God? When he shows you something, will you move out upon it? When he tells you that you need to get away from a certain environment, you need to get away from certain people, if you need to think about changing the job that you're in, if you're willing to do that, and if you're willing then, it says, to do his will, what he shows you, sometimes it's hard to uproot. Sometimes it's hard. You think initially it's hard to walk away from things. But let me tell you, friend, it, once you take that first step, God will be there supporting you. He'll be giving, get, they're giving you health and energy and direction to do that. So if any man will do, will, that means make a conscious decision to do God's will, his will, then he, the person who's seeking, shall know concerning the doctrine. God will give you a witness if that's from him. He'll give you a witness if this is truth. Bible says, if you'll know the truth, it'll set you free. And that's truth. And truth is truth. Many things that seem like truth aren't truth. You can, you can have truth. It's going to lead you into hell. It's going to lead you into the, a prison. It's going to lead you. Yeah, it is true. If you have an extramarital relationship, it's going to be fun for a while. But just it, you, you, your soul will pay a penalty for it. It may cost you your family. It may cost you your mate. It may cost you your job. If you... You know, if you if you lose your will to certain uh, desires and tastes, and you'll know, he said, if you shall though you concerning the doctrine, that means what God has said about it, and He'll give you that witness, whether it be of God, He'll let you know. God's not going to be out there letting a person. Well, I don't know if that was God or not. I don't know if I if that was truth or not. I, I just don't know. Well, we don't know many things. That's why they call things ignorant. If, you, if you'll admit that you're ignorant, now notice I didn't say stupid. I didn't say, you know, diminished in capacity. I just said ignorant. If you don't know something, you're ignorant about it. Face, face truth. We've got to be truthful people with ourselves. If you can't be truthful with yourself, to whom can you be truthful? You've got to realize that you have fallacies, that you don't know everything, that you need help at times. I know, know so many people that w want to give people the impression that they got it all under control. Don't, don't. Fact is, I even knew a guy I used to work with him in the in the workplace. He gave the impression that he was on top of the world. Fact is, he was an ex Navy chief. And chief, chiefs sometimes can be tough people because they've got a lot of water underneath their keel, so to speak. But he wanted, he gave people the impression that he knew everything. Uh, that he, he was okay, he was on top of everything, and yet there was a phone time. I got a phone call one time, and his life was in shambles because he had just been diagnosed with cancer, and he was a he was a sniveling mess. But fortunately, God gave me the word to give to him, and that's another story, but God miraculously healed that man. They had the cameras set up to do a teaching seminar, or teaching on his problem, the TV stations rolled in the TV cameras and we're going to do a, a, a operation TV uh, doc documentary. And when they cut the man open, 
it was all new flesh. And yet, the guy, he, he had a witness from that. But as far as I know, he never really moved into giving God the thanks. I never saw him give God. As a matter of fact, we parted company not long after that and often wondered what happened to him. But, uh, yeah, if, 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 you, if you will, if you'll make a conscious decision to do God's will, then he'll, he'll open a pathway for you. First Thessalonians chapter 5 gives us some uh, things that can be accomplished by prayer when they're put into action. It, and, and some of these are in a, in a warning state because it tells us things we need to contemplate. And you can go to that First Thessalonians 5 and read these. And, and then I would suggest you take time in the quiet by yourself. Find your quiet place, maybe in your, in your study or in your uh, outside on your deck or outside in the yard in the easy chair where you can meditate and go to First Thessalonians 5. And there it says that we're, and this, this is what God's going to do as well as uh, that we, some of the things we can do. It says warn the unruly. I mean, the unruly there means insubordinate in the uh, Greek. Warn the uh, insubordinate, those who want to confront God. And it goes on to say, comfort the faint-hearted. That's what God will do, and that's also part of what we're to do. As I read these, remember, that this is what God is doing, but it's also what he expects us to do. This part of, of, of getting into the will of God and having it function in our life. Comfort the faint-hearted. Just those who, in simply put, those who just are just almost devoid of hope. You can, you can come across these people in your life, and that's where God... Well, God doesn't have to send us to, to some foreign shore. We, we pass by these people every day. They may even have a smile on their face, although I don't see too many people in the marketplace anymore who are smiling because everybody out there has so many problems weighing upon them. Fact is, uh, it used to be one out of four. Now I'm, I think it's probably about one out of three or maybe one in two and a half people that you go by have a terminal disease or an incurable disease, or they're certainly suffering with some kind of problem. So you're passing by people every day that, that do not have hope. If, if you're passing by sinners, they have no hope in this life or the hope to come. God will give them enough truth to seek salvation. But if they don't do it, then a price to be paid is for disobedience and willing not to do God. There's a price to be paid, whether we seek it or whether if we don't. Says so support the weak, those without the strength, not physical strength, but spiritual strength. Support the weak. Hey, encourage them. Hey, you're you're on the right path. You you've gone as far as you can go. Now let God. You get that? When you've used up your strength, or you see somebody else who you may be a mature Christian, because they fight troubles also. Support these people. Say, hey, we're going to make it. I'm going to be listening you up in prayer. I'm going to be praying for you in this circumstance. I, I don't, you don't have to tell me everything you're going through, but I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to be waiting for a good testimony. He goes on to say, be patient toward all men. That means have self-control against all men. That, that is difficult today, friend, because people out there have bad attitudes. They have sour faces. And we alluded, they've, they've got so many problems. And most of us fall short in this area of being patient toward not just select ones, not just those in our family. It says toward all men. Well, all men mean all men. Of course, there again, this generic term meaning all people, men, women, children, whomever. You see smart mouth children out there now? Why do we wonder that? We can be patient with that because we recognize that about 60% of the kids out there now don't have a stable home. Oh, Lord, what a, what, a, what a mess we have made for our children. My heart goes out to the kids today. They're fighting such a battle, and they're having to learn things on their own, and they're learning them in the streets. It's just terrible out there. Be patient toward all men. Self-control. You self-control. Don't let yourself get angry. And fortunately, unfortunately, I have to say some of that to myself often. Follow good actions. Follow good actions. If something sounds good, then follow that. If it sounds bad, don't follow it. But if it's if it sounds if you see if you do something that sounds good, well, continue to do that. 
And what it's like it's like uh, putting yeast in in dough. You know, if you do something good, it's, it's gonna it's gonna rise. It's gonna it's gonna pr promote something else good. It says. Follow after good actions. That means in your character, in your composition, in, in your effects. If you give somebody something that they that, that need, maybe you do, you do an arm or buy a meal or buy a coat, or buy a pair of shoes or, or pay somebody's rent for them. Uh, if you give them something yourself, oh, that, that's going to be good. That's going to be, that's following good actions. And it says, be continually thanking God for his blessings. Be continually thanking God for his blessings does not mean that you walk around silly all the time with a soapbox, jumping up and shouting and looking ridiculous. No, it just has a heart that's thankful for God. And sometime out of your mouth, that has to come forth. Uh, like I said a while ago, in your, in your uh, blessing time for the food, when God gives you a new car, he gives you some clothes, you know what I, I like to do? I don't like to go out shopping for clothes. I, I like to think about what I want and then wait for God to do it. I may be walking through the marketplace and all of a sudden I see exactly what I want. And we enjoy things like that. If God's given you a new car or an old car, if he's just given you something, that's a rag of a car, but you're better than walking. If he gives you a bicycle, that's better than walking. If he gives you a tattered pair of clothes, but they're clean, that's better than weary, dirty ones. So you, you're getting what I'm saying, though. You're starting to understand. This is starting to get into your spirit now. And this is pray continually. There again, it doesn't mean with the soapbox and like the publican in the square in the Bible. Just have a heart turned toward God. It, there it means a pattern uh, it, it, uh, of a doing it, but it's not the same repetitive childlike prayer. Now lay me down to sleep, you know, you, that, that type of prayer. That's a repetitive prayer. And sadly enough, most people, you know, God give me this, God give me that, help me tomorrow, help me in the job, whatever. Good night, Lord. No, it's having, being praying continually. When, when you feel a prompting to that in your soul, pray. Thank God. Bless him. Seek direction. Ask him something. Say, reveal that to me. I don't know more about that. I need to know more about that. Yeah. Be be close to God. He He wants you to come into his presence, praying continually, see, reaching out to him. It says, have a uh, God-conscious mindset in that First Thessalonians 5. Or at salvation, now this is part of your maturation process and this ministry. Uh, you've had to find people at different levels of this. Do you have a God a conscious presence mindset? As a young Christian, you're going to think about God maybe on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. <laughs> if you happen to be in the church that has still have Sunday night services and Wednesday night service and Lord help the pastors who don't do that. And they wonder why their sheep are, are sick and, 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 and I know I go into some congregations to visit and I look at their bulletin. And they'll have, if it's a, if, say if it's a church of 500, they'll probably have 50 people on the sick list they're praying for. And I think, something's wrong here. And yet I look at the bulletin, well, on Wednesday night, you know, we're going to have cell groups. And Sunday night, you know, you stay home with your family, but just have a prayer and, and maybe talk about that. Pastors, you better, you better shape up. Uh, you, you're going to pay a price if your people don't grow in God. That's, that's not a cell group captain's job. That's a pastor's job. And it's not something you can farm off on somebody else. But having a, a God consciousness in your mindset, that means is your mind more on God today than it was yesterday? It should be. A year ago, you were younger in Christ. Today, you should be much, much stronger and you'll be you plan on being stronger next year than you are this year, and that's just not formality. Like being able to tell somebody, "Well, I read the Bible through five times." It's me. Aren't I great? No, you're not. That's a sad thing. D did you read it through one time and comprehend and meditate on what it had to say? Did you just read one paragraph and meditate till God gave you truth? Then it goes on to say here, "Quench not the spirit." 
this this one is probably violated more than so many others in today's world. Quench not the spirit. That means the Holy Spirit. It, this is like putting uh, water on fire. It, it's going to quench it. It means shutting down the move of God. I know one time I was uh, on staff in my younger days, and we God was blessing our congregation, and we the pastor decided to have two services. This was, this was a Pentecostal full gospel ministry too. And I didn't like it. I hated it starting out, and I hated it when when I got out of it. Because if and we were seeing wonderful moves of God, but the first service had to end at a certain time, no matter what God was wanting to do, so that the next service could have, start in thirty minutes. And it, and the thing never was the same after that. And let me tell you, Pastor, if you've got five hundred people who are enjoying and fellowshipping with God and you think it's time to go to a second service, start another church. Leave it alone. I know, but I, I know I'm going to be preaching to the wind there because most pastors, they're going to add an addition to the sanctuary and they're going to build, you know, extra rooms and more seats. I don't, I don't have too much problem with the more seats as long as you observe the fire codes. But when you start having multiple services, then you're going to have, or you sit, now I see a lot of this. Now they have TV campuses. So they sit, the people come and they have a little pseudo worship and praise. And then they tune in to the pastor preaching by TV. That's not the way it's done, people. To be a pastor means you, you're in their presence and you're teaching them eyeball to eyeball and you're available if they need prayer at the altar at that service. You don't farm it off to somebody. You can't farm off your pastoral responsibility to the deacon board. God help you as a pastor. If you're letting your deacons run your church and a board of directors run your church, and I've seen them, I know I could take you to them today. And if you hear the anger in my voice, it's there. It's holy, righteous anger. I hate that kind of stuff. So quench not the spirit. If God's moving, let him move. There are pastors who hate. They call it, I'm not going to have wildfire in my church. Well, you're not going to have any fire at all. You think you can tell the people everything out of a, a intellectual deductive dissertation because you're fancy with words? You'll just turn out a, a bunch of people who are starving to death. I don't, I don't envy your place when you stand before God and answer for that. Despise not prophesying. That means to regard as nothing. You, you despise it. You, you don't, you have no use for it. It's, it's, it's contentious with you to treat with uh, great uh, contempt. Lord, help us. If, if we don't want to hear the hot word of God fresh that's coming through from God's mouth through the mouth of another person by the Holy Spirit in an open assembly, or you can get that even in your prayer closet, friend, that's available. But you can't get it if you despise it, if you're quenching that, quenching the Holy Spirit. And if you have nothing, there are people who are preaching against the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And if you're part of that as a minister, you stop it. I'm telling you right now, I'm condemning your your ministry for doing that. You, you, you don't have to believe that the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in the tongue and the spiritual gifts are for today. You don't have to believe that. But, friend, you better be preaching it to your pastor. And, again, I feel the ire of God rising up in me. If you're listening to this, shame on you. Quit, uh, get rid of that. Correct that. Get on with God. Get back to where maybe you were at one time or maybe you've never been. Find you a minister that you can, who, who has the fullness of God. Find you a full gospel minister who, who's gone through this and can, can tutor you into improving your ministry and then repent to God for what you've done in the past and get clean of that and let, start blessing your people. Put all experiences to the test. There's another passage that says, Test everything in the whole fast, which is good. That's just plain being what they call Berean. You know, you have to evaluate things. You have to make a decision. You, 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 you know, you, you should, you should contemplate everything. That doesn't mean you have to act on it and try it. You know, if, if it's, if it's a 
sin, then you, you don't have to go out and drink with the rest of the boys just to see if it's bad. You don't have to do that. But you can you can test it. You can run it through a test in your mind. Is this going to increase me in God? Is it going to increase me? Is it going to cost my family something? Am I going to be diminished by this? No, put it to a test. If it's of God, he, he'll teach you. He'll tell you. If you will to do it, he'll show it to you. Means get get a grasp and and adopt the thing that you're you prove to be good. Get a grasp on it. Meditate on it. Look at it from different angles. Put start adopting it bit by bit into your operation and your function. You'll find you start growing. Your life will be better. You'll have better quality in your life, in your family, in your workplace. And it says abstain. That means to hold yourself away from every form of evil. Evil there in in the Greek just means uh, in its effect, in its influence. Actions or thoughts or speech or acts that you do, you, you abstain from those things. Nobody really has to tell you what to do in most cases. You know, if, if, if something looks bad and smells bad and, and is, is degrading and detrimental, most people, there, there's going to be very few things that you have to say, God, can I do this? Is this good? You're going to know intuitively. Even sinners know that they shouldn't sin. They know that. They just can't help it. They're going to sin. They're going to lie, cheat, steal. They may not be as flagrant as some others, but they're going to do it because that's their nature. John chapter 3. This is kind of a blanket. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Well, it doesn't mean food only. It could mean what? What do you need this day? What? What? What's transpiring in your life that you need an answer for? What? What do you you need to make your life a little more bearable? How? How, how can I use what God has taught me to bless others? Give me, give me new revelation, Lord, that I can be increased. You know, good thing about God is He always gives you ninety percent more. I'm sorry. He gives you 90% more than you can give out. He just reverses the giving principle in the Old Testament. When you start doing that and you start praying, Lord, it's you who are giving me this. I don't look to my own hands. Uh, You may let me use my own hands to get it. Every paycheck comes from a business. But if you look beyond that, it really came from God. He gave you the health and the wisdom to do it, the, the talent to do it. So give us this day our daily bread. Don't don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about retirement. I mean, you have to make provisions for it. And if that's in your provision for the day, if you have to address your retirement or, or correcting bad habits and start putting away for the future, for the co- for the kids' college or or for your retirement, making decisions about that, that's daily bread. But don't don't get yourself tied up. I know people who don't enjoy this life because they're using every bit of their life to try to provide and and stick money away and things away for retirement. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people that died two days before, well, not maybe not literally, but died just before they retired or they they retired one, one month and they died the next and they never got to enjoy that. Matthew chapter six. He says, your father knoweth what things you had in need of before you ask him. I'm just reiterating. You're not going to slip up with God. Your request is not going to be new to God. Fact is, he knew you were going to be dealing with this. I'm giving you some practical things that can lead you into getting the will of God for your life. Psalm 66 verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That's important enough for me to say again as we start to think about bringing this to a close. Psalm 66, 18. If, it's up to you. If, I regard iniquity. It means it gives license to it. Give thought about acting on it. And letting it start take function. In my heart. That means in the core of your understanding. And the way you function. The Lord will not hear any prayer request in that in that area. He, I mean, he'll certainly hear the words you're saying, 
but he did, hearing there means he act, forced to act upon it, or even he he'll even consider acting upon it. If I regard, that means enjoy in the in the sight of others, iniquity to be strong in your own eyes. If I hear, give his attention to a request. God doesn't have to do that. Let me, let me close this with this. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, very familiar passage. It says, if, how often do we run across that? If my people, that's, that's the Christian people. Those are those, that's not, that's not the world. That's the Christian people he's addressing in the old covenant, which are called by my name. Well, there they were called Hebrews and those who attended to the Jewish faith. Here we're, we're, not, we're only not our roots are in, in, in the Judeo-Christian faith, but also we're called Christians. Shall humble themselves, lower yourself in your own opinion, and pray. That means uh, getting toward God, moving toward God, and seek my face. Seeking his face means looking into uh, his, his spiritual face and turn from their wicked ways. If we'll do that, if we're called by his name, humble ourselves. Now, this is every prayer request and pray in in whatever vein. I prayed this for the nation. I prayed it for myself. I prayed it for my family. I prayed when I need uh, the job. uh, And you may feel like you're okay with God. But if you'll go back, you'll find some things you need to address and pray and seek my face. Why does God have to think about it? What does he have to say about it? And turn from their wicked ways. Act upon what they feel toward good. It, then it says, then. After you've done those things, then. With a colon explaining. Will I hear from heaven? That's at the courts of God. And will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. Not only nation. But in practicality, practical situation in uh, getting God's will. Remember, God desires to reveal his will for your life. And I quoted early on Hebrews eleven six, He that cometh to God, the only way you can get to him is through prayer, yield humbling yourself through the Holy Spirit must believe that he is and means also that he is a rewarder of those who diligently investigate him, crave for him, demand him. It's been wonderful being with you. Glad you took this uh, CD or whatever form it comes to you. I would encourage you to listen to it many times. Get some of your friends in, play it in your Sunday school class, meditate on it. And then let God reveal truth to you. So again, until next time, been great being with you. I'm Dr. West. I would refer you to our website, Rafa Ministries World, for additional uh, paraphernalia and things you can acquire there from me and others. Also to my website, The Bible Answer Man, Lee West Ministry. I think there's something, those are freebie, by the way, you have, I have some old preaching tapes and uh, that are played on there. Uh, and uh, also the Bible Answer Man, which will answer a lot of your questions. We're also increasing those all the time. So it's been good being with you. Lord, I just bless these. I pray that to, uh, I bind Satan from stealing one word of this away from the people that it can abide with them. So until we meet again, I bless you in Jesus' name.